Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to Quick Fire Queen silent podcast recaps of Top Chef Season 19. We're in Houston and this week it's a family affair for more than one reason. But of course, what would we be how would this be without our silent podcast family? Of course, as always, I am joined with Nicole Horn. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Gia. As somebody who always has sticky fingers that are filled with spice, I was loved. I love this episode. Um, from Ashley's jerk chicken to Buddhist pasta, I'm ready to talk about it all. I am so excited. It wasn't jerk chicken. It was jerk shrimp. Jesus Christ. This is going to be a great episode. Oh, no. I'm going to be honest. I did not ex- watch the quick fire until today. So that, because I started the last episode. Valid, late, I, wanted, valid. I wanted to see the results of the fan favorite poll. So I'm like, I need to know what happens today. And I was very excited for it. But I just got the first half of the episode today. And it was good. One time. You know, I've been there. I've been there. Evelyn's supremacy. So, you know, it was it was great. It was great. I expect of course, nothing less. And to keep us all on track is the incomparable, I love that word, 
Naomi Calhoun. Oyster, I hardly know her. <laughs> How long hey. have you been waiting to say that? Uh, since I watched the episode. Uh, hi everyone, I'm so excited, but I gotta say, I'm even more excited for our lovely guest that's joining us this episode, because this is gonna be a fun one. I know it. We do, we do have a lovely guest. With, now, we usually have a great trio, but today we're gonna have a great, great is it's a yeah. seafood tower, actually. We are a seafood mm. tower of a podcast today because we are joined by the wonderful Robbie Freeman. Hi, Robbie. Oh my God. I'm so excited to be. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm more excited to see you guys than I am to be here. It's it's incredible. That was my reaction to seeing Shoda. So <laughs> I, yes. I yes. wish you could all watch this podcast because Robbie has the whitest fucking teeth I've ever seen in my life. Are you on the crest rice white strip routine? I need to know. I'm on the I'm on the brush my teeth once once a day uh, regimen. So that's the lightest compliment I've ever gotten right. in my entire life. Once a day. I know it's uh, it's it's disgustingly low, and I'm embarrassed to say that that's going to be in the first five minutes of a podcast. But <laughs> I have to tell the truth. I can't. I can't. I can't lie. We can edit it out, but also I don't think we should. I think like no, I I, I I don't. I live edit free. Um, <laughs> I. I, that is not true. I many times have to edit myself, but uh, this that's totally fine. Oh my gosh. Nicole Nicole is now interrogating everybody she knows about their Quest White Strips regimen. And Did I do that once before? No, but now I think it's a thing. Um, Honestly, who can afford Quest <laughs> your toes In this economy. They are so, they are so expensive. I don't know. They're so expensive. Quest White Strips. I just can't. I I wanted to better my life and try them once and I saw they were like 50 bucks and I was like, absolutely not. I, I just want to give a quick shout out to the person on TikTok, the dentist on TikTok who is doing, uh, does this celebrity have veneers? Because I've been watching those all weekend and uh, you'd be shocked to learn how many celebrities have veneers, even when they have very nice teeth. It's very surprising. Crazy. Chris Evans didn't need veneers. All right, guys, welcome to Top yeah. Chef episode 11. Uh, this is a very fun episode because we're going to Galveston, Texas. Now, this was another episode of product placement. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen Josie and the Pussycats, but that's what this episode felt like to me, where they're like, let's go inside our lovely Verbo home in Galveston, Texas to check it out. And I was just like, oh, am I supposed to be product placementing right now? But this, I thought, was a beautiful location. And maybe you want to visit Galveston, Texas? Does any, I guess it's a stop on our Mississippi trip to go see Nick. We're <laughs> going to start at Jay's restaurant in New York, fly down to Mississippi, and then fly down further to Texas. And then and end then in Portland down. to visit Shoda. Yeah. And Portland to visit Shoda. And Chicago to see Damar's restaurant. I need to see that. Robbie has to say hi. I think the trick is to go to the Aspen Wine and Food Festival <laughs> sponsored by Pellegrino and just see oh. them all in one shot. Oh my God. I don't have a San Pellegrino budget. <laughs> I admire that you think I do though. It makes me feel fancy. My God. I, I would literally probably die if someone was like, hey, we're going to the Aspen Food and Wine Classic. I'd be like, oh, you mean it? Like this is the best Christmas <laughs> ever. Best Hanukkah I would be. I'd be making Catalina wine mixer jokes the entire time and they'd kick me out. So I, don't, I was crazy. like, damn, the Aspen food and wine classic is so amazing. It turned Naomi Catholic. That's crazy. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I love this podcast. Uh, Robbie, have you ever been, not only to Galveston, Texas, but is there like a food city, a favorite food city you've ever been to? I think the best food city I ever went to, and, and not to just be on brand of what Top Chef is about, but I, I went to Austin for bachelor party and we did like a barbecue slash um, like food truck tour the first day we got there and it was just freaking fabulous. So that always jumps out to me as a great as a great food city. Um, so on theme for Top Chef, I don't know if has they have they talked enough about barbecue on this season uh, about uh, have we heard enough about Nick's twenty six spice rub, which I would buy in Fairway if it was sold. But um, like I, I'm into I'm into content it. is all Nick content is good content. Oh, of course, yeah. Yes, yeah. I like I'm so depressed. I mean, and the episode was fabulous because the ending was perfect and we finally got rid of Ashley. Thank God. Oh, no. Oh, my God. No. Oh, do we stand Ashley on this podcast? I don't know. Ashley was never going to win for me. I thought Ashley was screwed. Never going to win, but I stand so hard. We, I accept no Ashley slander. Only I can slander Ashley for the things she did wrong. (laughs) See, I'm more just like a, I'm, I'm like a, a, conspiracy sort of like uh, count the votes where I'm like I never believe in a person who wins uh, last chance kitchen to win the season but then they'll be like but you know like Brooke Williamson won and Joe Flam won I'll be like never mind so, but like I, I don't know there's something about like the people who make it all the way through without going to last chance kitchen that I, I think I'm always rooting for which is probably cruel of me since they work so hard to impress Tom and yeah so your team Gavin over team Chris Thunderwood uh, it totally makes sense <laughs> I'm team Julie damn it team julie the best julie was robbed guys we're in galveston texas uh and we're gonna do a seafood challenge now g and i got seafood when we uh were hanging out with dr amanda uh before rhap but i love i love a seafood tower so if you guys ever want to go get a seafood tower let me know um and i'll be there I have a little bit of a bone to pick with the with the term seafood tower used in this in this episode. Is it not? If I got either? a two tiered seafood tower, mm-hmm. I would be extremely disappointed. What a what a what a BS seafood tower. They should have just stacked everybody's plates against each other, like on top of each other, like a bunch of kids stacked uh, in a trench coat. <laughs> that would have been yeah. hysterical. Padma just would have been so confused. What, Robbie, how many tiers does a seafood tower have to be to be considered a tower to you? Three t- three men. Three men. That's a great take. And, and unless you're giving me that huge base layer, like, you know, sometimes you get that like tire size bottom layer. If you're giving me a huge bottom layer, then I'm maybe I could, I could say two, but we were getting like two plate sizes. It's, it's, it's barely an appetizer. A huge bottom layer was my nickname in high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. What does I'm that so, even mean? I don't know. <laughs> Girl, I know what that means. <laughs> Um, well, I also, I also feel like with the seat, like these clearly were just like plate thingies that they like picked up at like a West Elm or like a pottery barn. Like they didn't yeah. really sell like seafood tower with like the, the stacked plates. I think they came with the VRBO. I think that's where they got the plates. From. Yeah. They just, they just went to the VRBO and looked around and were like, what's in here? What do we got? Okay. Nicole, what is your, you get a seafood tower. What does it have to have on it? What is your number one? Not to like be like everybody else on this episode, but oysters on the half shell has to be there. I liked how Buddha was thinking with a like a fish taco would be good, but I'm a shrimp head. I love shrimp. 
I'll suck ahead. I don't care. I love shrimp. So I would love some shrimp on the bottom. Thank so maybe that would be my three layers right there. She'll suck a shrimp. She loves that poop tail. She loves everything <laughs> about shrimp. No, shrimp is by far my favorite seafood. I actually got I um, a poke bowl today with some shrimp, a double order, because you Ooh. know I can't do that. Um, I feel like raw fish in a poke bowl just like takes away. I feel like shrimp is the perfect poke bowl accoutrement. Gia, what about you? What's got to be on the seafood tower? Oysters, definitely. Like they're mu- that is a must. I could do a whole tower just of different types of oysters, to be honest. I love oysters. Ooh, but yeah. let me come. I'll be mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. I'll so the bill. oysters. I love shellfish. So like any appetizer that involves like lobster or crab or any of those types of crustacean friends <laughs> would be lovely. I love a good clams casino. Ooh. Also very good. Oof, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, okay, money bags over here. Wow, the clams I, really made a casino. About, you're telling me a clams built this casino? <laughs> Please. <laughs> and a shrimp fried this rice. <laughs> Wild. Not that. <laughs> uh, Robbie, what about you? Well, I, I know this sounds insane, but I love... I love seafood tower ice. I love that the yes. little specific ice that is served on a seafood tower. Are you anemic? Re- well, no, no. Obviously, that's not what I'm like craving. But there's a specific that's type what of I'm ice. Craving. And, yeah. Um, but give me that shrimp. Give me that crab. Give me that. Give me the jumbo crab. Give me the normal crab. Give me the lobster crustaceans. I'm loving the game. Also, like if I'm gonna do an oyster, an oyster sampler. But of course, yeah. Give it, give it to me. I, I, I'm, I'm here for it all. Um, I think once you get into like the tuna tartars and the ceviches, I'm kind of like, okay, not a traditional oyster tower, but I'm fine. Um, mm. But shrimp, numero uno, squeeze it and then squeeze lemon on everything. Yeah. I, to me, I am, I mean, this isn't seafood tower because obviously also an oyster kind of queen, but I love a lobster roll so much. I love a, a good, like, you know, bread that is like truly soaked with butter lobster roll um and here's the thing maine knows that maine is that bitch so maine will be like do you want 30 dollars for a lobster roll okay and it's still a hot dog sized bun and you're like this this feels like i feel like i just got suckered um and, and it's worth it though you know, it's hard I did a price yeah, I, I did. I did Maine a main trip uh, last August, and it was fabulous. Getting like a lobster roll at like four o'clock, and then eating dinner at like ten with more lobster rolls. My girlfriend literally, she's uh, she's gluten free, so she, I got I, an ice cream sandwich, and she got another lobster roll for dessert. I was just like, mad respect. That's fucking badass. <laughs> Can I marry um, your girlfriend? Sure, go for it. <laughs> no, well, I'm my type of girl. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Robbie, like, who are your top chef faves? Because we were going back, you know, we're all going back and forth a little bit on Twitter. I know you like Jackson this season, but overall in the the pantheon of top chef, who are your your faves? So I ride hard for the early seasons. I, I will be completely honest and say I have not watched Top Chef in maybe five or six years and maybe even longer. And so I ride like I ride hard, hard for Harold, season one winner, Marcel, season run, two runner up. Um, obviously, the Voltaggio. I have a, I have a I have a Brian Voltaggio bobblehead. What? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And where so can my, I purchase? Uh, it was a giveaway at a minor league baseball stadium in, in Maryland. 
that my that my buddy happened to work for so i'm like you need to get me it was like in frederick maryland where he has like vault and like that like fancy restaurant and uh home to potential uh renap uh meetup um but um so i i love i love me some old school all-stars um but like this season I, I was riding very, very hard for Jackson and like it was heartbreaking to me when he lost. Um, and I was I didn't like the callousness in, in which Naomi in which you you were gleefully happy that he uh, of his demise. He was a real a real stud in my mind. So sad to see him go. But right now I'm, I'm, I'm all that, that I'm all aboard that Buddha train. So uh, Team Buddha over here. Um, that's where I'm at right now. But Jackson was a liar. It was incredible. He was winning without being able to taste. <laughs> it's I like being a baseball player and not being able to see. I Jackson slander. And I think Jackson would stand by my Jackson slander. Yeah. Very self-aware of the mistakes that he made in this season, which I appreciate, but I stand by my Jackson slander. Oh, for sure. He deserved to lose when he lost. Like he like totally botched uh, uh, the restaurant wars and he like every bad idea was his. Um, so like, I, I don't think he shouldn't have lost, but I just, I, I was just amazed by his performance and he was just like, so like, I can't like, and he would just like smile at camera every once in a while and be like, I can't taste anything. And I was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> he did that once per episode. Yeah, so it's like, I have COVID. I can't taste anything. I'm like, amazing. Um, I also just want to point out that there's something very funny, speaking of seafood, that I saw on, on the Top Chef subreddit. One contestant is charging, charging at some point, there's, there's menus, all, the menu has other elements to it, but you can do a tasting menu for 225 per person plus 20% tip for caviar. Can, can you guys take a, a guess of what chef this is? Oh, at what uh, what restaurant is it? Or which are they still in the in the running? They are still in the running. I'll give you that. It has to be Marky's Caviar, right? You you are right. It is who's so <laughs> dying? Marky's Caviar, aka Buddha. Oh, Look that at Nicole. Not me one bit. <laughs> that's, that's upsetting. Now I don't like Buddha anymore. But I'm gonna I love Buddha's menu. wife. You know, look at their menu. Because listen, I, so, I thought I was originally just reading it as like you could only get like the tasting menu, but now I'm saying that there's more options than just that. Um, but. Nicole, I need to ask you this. Sorry, you brought up Buddha's wife. And the one thing that my girlfriend told me to bring up was how could Buddha's wife wear what she wore on national television? And I like didn't catch it, but like my girlfriend was like, this is the most important question to be discussed. So I, I need to throw it to you guys and tell me, was what was wrong with her outfit? Like, tell tell me a straight white well, dude what what was wrong because I had no idea. I did not pay attention to. I'll pull any. it up. I'll pull it up. Don't worry. Don't worry. So I got she you. was wearing like what, like a two piece. It looked very breezy, white linens. I I thought it was cute. I had no qualms. I was just like, of course she's Australian. Yeah. So basically, she's wearing like a a sort of beigey brown like two piece. But everybody else is in like a dress or like, you know, their nice pants and their nice slacks. And it just stands out so wildly from what everybody else is wearing. I just think that like, if you are Buddha's wife, who is like a gorgeous Australian woman, yeah. this is the outfit you, you're going to hang out with Padma Lakshmi and you know what Padma is going to be wearing. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you pull. It, it kind of looks Coachella-esque, but like like 22 year old, totally. like I'm trying to look nice Coachella, not like actual stylish Coachella. 
Yeah, or like a, a girl in like a southern sorority who like is making a TikTok where it's like, we're so happy to have you. Like it just the the vibes are are a little a little off in that moment. Um, I'm still waiting for it to pop up. I, I realize now that I can edit this part out where it's like I'm just waiting. Um, it's on Buddha's Instagram. She looks ripped. If I had a body like that, I'd be walking around in that outfit too. So go, go, Rebecca. If I was a pastry chef at Eleven Madison Park and I was looking that good, like, damn, I need to know the secrets. It's a weird choice to be on national television and like. Okay, when you see the outfit, like I didn't really pay attention that much to the outfit itself or anything like that. But when you kind of see it like this, it kind of looks like pajamas. <laughs> It, it looks does, like but I love it. eating in pajamas is a great part of life. So good for her. Are you guys pro eating in bed or are you anti-eating oh in bed? God. Depends on the crummage. You know, if there's of like course. low crummage, like I'm not eating a, like salt and vinegar chips in bed because I'm going to wake up in the morning with like salt and vinegar, like freckles all over my face. <laughs> Slice I of would, pizza? Yes, 100%. Okay. Better I in bed, actually. So I moved in the end of last year, I actually moved into my, uh, my current residence, my first time living by myself. But since it was like, I, I live in this space by myself, I was very careful about to make sure that like things weren't ruined as soon as I started getting comfortable. But now that it's been a few months, I have started reverting back to my more careless ways which includes eating in bed I re and especially since I have a tv in my bedroom now I have reignited my love of Ooh. eating a bed which is like almost exclusively how I ate when I lived back at my parents place so this is just uh, what a what a love it's I am I am so pro eating in bed like I wish I did it more honestly you're like I wish I didn't have a dining table I wish I just ate in bed I wish I just had beds everywhere that I could just eat and be comfortable all the time that's a quick fire challenge I'd watch where it's like oh you need to prepare a meal to be eaten in a bed I'd watch that in a heartbeat <laughs> uh, see I, I feel like they don't I, do fun challenges like that anymore I feel like that used to be like that was like season four where they still did like yeah. stupid stuff <laughs> I want them to do more challenges where they have to like make food out of a vending machine or something like those type of like crack cracked challenges that is my favorite moment of top chef of all time like no joke it when lives Michael right in my head says, tells the judge to go fuck them kind of tells him he to tells him, him to go fuck himself and he takes a snickers bar and he sticks a cheese doodle in it and he's like I call it snicker cheese doodle. And I think about this meal all the time. And I just want to see this challenge constantly. It's all I want. Gee, I love that you brought that up. It makes it me so happy. Season two as what a disaster, but also <laughs> so many moments lit. It was my first full Top Chef season that I watched and it forever lives in my head rent free. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if the ending of that season happened like in 2020 times where like, they like forcibly shave someone's head against their will at the, in like the final four. Ridiculous. Oh, subreddit would have exploded. <laughs> that is Allison Grodner behavior. <laughs> I am, um, you know what challenge I really miss? And we kind of get shades of it here, but I, I really liked it. They did it in different seasons. I think in Charleston maybe is the challenge where like they were working with somebody 
on the other side of like a curtain and some people realized it was their family members and Shirley was just yelling at her husband not realizing it was her husband that is one of my favorite challenges yeah because Sheldon was I remember because Sheldon was a guest judge this seat this challenge and I'm pretty sure it was him in that challenge that like recognized his wife's voice immediately yes they could hear each other and like people didn't hear who who they were yes it was very very funny like <laughs> that's bizarre there are no some idea. people that did not pick up on it for like the entire challenge it was great well that was like it was really tragic when damar was like i don't know like i think that this is like it's like it's not my it's not my mom it's not my grandma like i think it's my chef and it was like really it was so sad like when he was like reading his thing and then it was like heartbreaking when he read the letter but i feel like i'm totally jumping ahead but like that that was like I felt so bad for tomorrow when he was reading like his little booklet and he didn't know what was happening. Well, why, why not jump ahead to the actual episode that's happening? How about we do that? Part? Yeah, I know. Or, or talk about what's actually happening in the show. So guys, Sarah is back uh, and it's not really a gag because everyone saw her win. Um, very exciting. Also, Shoda is back. My, my short king. Um, so Sarah was eliminated in episode four and it's now episode 11, which is Bazonkers. Um, and there is the first challenge. Here we go. We're on the beach. We're on a pier. Make us a seafood tower, or a, a less than seafood tower, according to Robbie. Uh, um, I think that this is a fun challenge, but uh, you know, it's hot and sweaty. Okay, g- go. I mean, I love my oysters on the half shell with a side of body odor. So you know what? <laughs> Sign me up. I mean, I love seafood, so this is probably great, but I did agree with Sarah when she was like fantasizing about the last chance kitchen kitchen. This would probably be like a better dish overall if they had real um, culinary instruments, maybe tools, perhaps that would probably make this a little bit better and a little bit easier on everyone producing some probably higher quality seafood. It was fun. It was a fun challenge, but I feel like it didn't. Like, and it stick out the way that I feel like my favorite quick fire challenges do where they're just like fun and they really kind of push the contestants to be creative or kind of think outside the box. Like it was a, it was an okay challenge, but it's like you make a seafood dish and, or you make two seafood dishes to make a, a tower, an incomplete tower, but a tower nonetheless. Although shame on them. This is the other thing, shame on them for doing a seafood challenge after Jay is gone. Literally, <sighs> Jay has not left Texas yet and you are doing a seafood challenge quick fire? Are you joking? She was just eliminated. I am not done grieving yet. The oh, disrespect. The disrespect, I've, the audacity, the gall, the gumption. I cannot. I feel like they do this where like they have a chef that's like, I, 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 did, I was not a big Jay fan. And like, they know that their like specialty is coming and they like want to eliminate them before they get a challenge that like, they're going to be able to then like skip another round and like beat better chefs. Cause like, <laughs> I think she was just like, she wasn't up to snub. She was She's not a she, J fan. Not a J fan in the slightest. Boo. Boo. Tomato, tomato. Wow, I guess Jay's not, you're not getting into the blunt rotation with a J. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that an option? <laughs> Oh, we've been, we've, been, 
we've been plotting our plan to get into that blunt rotation, that legendary <laughs> blunt rotation forever now. Um, I feel like this this challenge, you know, it was fine. So many people went oysters and I like Sarah didn't do well in this challenge. But like what I at least appreciated is that Sarah was like, no, 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 no I shouldn't do oysters because literally everybody else is doing oysters. And here's 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 oyster watch, right? Evelyn and I believe Nick both pronounce it oysters. We're adding that little SH in there. Why? How? Okay. I, you know, like that, that's one of those things where I remember I heard someone say it and I was like, how does that happen? How do we get an extra H in oysters? There's less like competitiveness between the chefs and less like, like uh, there should have been limited resources. Like there should have been like one person could have used oysters or mm -hmm. like one person could have shrimp or what, like, like, I thought that's where it was going at the beginning of the challenge where I think like someone grabbed a bowl of something and they're like, no, no, I'm using all this. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. Competitiveness. Um, but then, but then everyone's like, Oh no, I have enough to share. And I'm just like, okay, what are you going to do? That's a, a great point. We are really missing the like, Hey, you know, you know, we just had it in the, like the vegetable, like pick a colored vegetable challenge, but like, we're really missing the like, Hey, only you get to cook with Turkey and, we're not really seeing a ton of that. And I feel like it does create a more competitive atmosphere, creates like a, I really want this. I really want to win the quick fire so I can make a good choice. Like we're, we're yeah. losing it a little bit. I, you know, we need some more fighting spirit in Top Chef. Uh, I need someone like blocking burners so that like someone can't finish their dish. I know that's like completely not the spirit of the show at this point. Like we're not at season four anymore, but um, I do miss a little bit of that, like kind of like one upmanship. And now it's kind of very like lovey dovey family, but which is not, I mean, which is the theme of this episode kind of makes sense. As I'll always say, all of Hell's Kitchen available on YouTube for free. So <laughs> you want to see people oh yelling God. at each other. Um, season six, episode two. Okay. So Sarah and Buddha are in the bottom of this challenge, which I felt so bad for Sarah this whole time. The edit, I was like, oh, Sarah's maybe like pulling it out. Maybe it's going to go good for her. And then it would be like, and in the bottom, it's Sarah. I'd be like, oh, maybe she's not going to pull it out. Maybe she's about to go home. Uh, while Ashley made some jerk shrimp, Nick had some oysters in the top. But Evelyn wins with a Thai Cajun shrimp boil. Um, think this was the, the best looking plate uh, out of all of them. But now... Evelyn gets 30 extra minutes of cook time. Uh, at least at least that's a competitive advantage, right? We're getting some semblance of competition in this in this season. And I wish Evelyn could have stabbed one of her competitors. That would have been way more interesting. <laughs> With like an oyster fork? Like not yeah. enough to do any real damage, just enough to- Are we thinking a death blow? Or are we just thinking like, like you can hit one of their hands? Like how, how impactful is, is the injury? Just enough to send yeah. a message. That's great, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. Like, I think she should be able to like sabotage someone, like take away their knives or something like that. Ooh. Make their family member miss their flight. No that's salt. Me. That's so mean. That no. just Luke's every day, though. <laughs> I know. We can't <laughs> well, Luke's that. not here anymore, so they need someone with that story. Uh, I miss Luke. He brought a little something, something. Truly the Charlie Brown of this season. I um, know. And I just like, uh, I want good things for Luke. I, I enjoy his presence. Well, look, guys, it's time to talk about the elimination challenge, which I didn't like the way Padma described it, I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this challenge. And then it was a family visit. And it was so cute. 
oh my god wait actually i like this challenge now so they're going to their verbo in case you guys didn't know it's not an airbnb it's a verbo uh and they are going to be cooking for about 20 people and they're making family style dishes based on each of their based on the person's tastes and preferences now here's my pitch i don't know how you guys feel i feel like they should have gotten a different they shouldn't have gotten their own family member because Sarah's sister saying, I hate mushrooms. Well, what if somebody says like, Sarah says, actually, she doesn't really hate, you know, like, I, I want the sabotage. I want someone to like, fuck up a dish for someone else's grandma. You know what I mean? Like, I want I want the bad to happen. Yeah, I, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, it, this is a very saccharine episode. And I think that, um, oh, I wish I was as relaxed as Nicole is right now. That's just the dream. Um, uh, but like, I, 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 that's what I want. I want the... I, I want the gamesmanship and that's not what the show is right now. So I get it. Um, it was also like, like I said, it was funny when they were like, I know this person. <laughs> like, I'm like, of course you know this person. I, I thought it was going to be really, I like when I originally heard about this challenge, I was like, oh, it's, it would be so funny if it was actually just this like dysfunctional family where like they had very particular tastes and you had to find something that worked for everyone. Um, and then when I found out what that, the crux of it, and then it was like really a, just a family visit, I was like, Okay, this is a little less fun, um, but it, it it goes into like them being able to tell their story, eh, blah 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 blah. I want to see I want to see the dramatics. I want to see people mess things up. Um, I would I I'm into the idea that you threw out Naomi and uh, you should be the producer of the show. I feel like that would make it a little more interesting versus what we actually got with this episode. It was very sentimental, but I don't know if a challenge like this like. It would it would have been a nicer surprise if I think they got a different person's like yeah they got a different family member's uh, menu but then also I I would feel less bad about the people that were on the bottom so I think I would have just I, I that would have been a more interesting episode I think yeah it seemed like the family had no input into who was in the top or who was in the bottom. And none of those family members has anything to say about Ashley's undercooked squid. So maybe they shouldn't be the judges either way. <laughs> they I, must have all known, right? Because like all the chefs are sitting there eating all this food. And that was like my thought. I'm sure they're all just like, oh, this is not cooked. Like, I'm good. Like, I, whatever my food yeah. tastes like, like I'm safe. Yeah. So they're, they're making food for each of their family members. Um, we have... Buddha's wife, who also had an Australian accent, you know, the whole time I was thinking Buddha's wife must be from New York because they met in a New York restaurant. But no, they're both Australian, which is a very funny little surprise to me. Um, Evelyn's father, Nick's mother, Sarah's sister, Damar's mentor uh, and chef friend, Ashley's mother. And did I say all of them? And Sarah's sister once again. Uh, so this is very, very cute. I loved this uh, reunion moment they have, although I thought it was kind of rude to do it while they were cooking. The producer should have waited until it was like, okay, your time's up, your food's ready to serve. By the way, look who's here. I think they want to like up the emotional impact of it and like potentially throw them off their game. Um, I would say that in terms of, and you totally asked me this question, but in terms of like who really stood out to me as like great TV characters and like people I wanted to see, obviously Nick's mom is, is an all-star when she comes <laughs> in and she's just like fangirling out over Padma. Um, but in terms of like a delightful relationship, Sarah and her sister were just like hilarious to me because like Sarah is such a curmudgeon and such a like a negative Nancy and like 
I really relate to that energy and like having her sister be basically the exact same thing and her being like, me and my sister play these crazy pranks on each other. But if you do anything to you, I'm going to cut you. And I was just like, I love the passion of that front of that sisterhood. And it, it was just delightful to me. Those, those two. My sister literally broke my finger because she was mad at me one time. So <laughs> like, I absolutely could relate. Oh my God, Nicole. <laughs> I, Did she get in trouble? Like what was the, what was the impact of that uh, situation? Honestly, I, I don't think there were any repercussions. So I'm going to have to go complain to my mom about that. <laughs> oh my God. My brother broke my finger once, but like on accident. And like, all he kind of did was like popped it out of the socket. He jumped on it while we were on a trampoline. Um, uh, you know. Yeah. Have your family, which of your family members have broken which parts of your body? Um, my, I have four <laughs> siblings. So we mm. are more, you know, there's a, you have, you only can get so much physical injuries in there from like wrestling and things like that. So we're, we're more of a like roasting over the text thread or like the war. It's more emotional. Psychological (laughs) warfare is more our, more our outlet. With four siblings, how many, um, I'm just like, now I'm fascinated. How many subtext groups are there between four siblings? Um, like, is there every combination of three of them? And then we have, well, we have the, so my youngest brother, uh, a little, little young to be in the, the big sibling group chat. So we have like one with four of us. And then we have like me, my brother, my sister, who are all fairly close in age have one for just like the 21 plus events going on and things like that. Yeah. So then my, cause my middle brother's 17 and then, uh, I would say like, and then we have like our individual texts with siblings, but I'm sure there is like subgroup texts that I'm not a part of. And they're probably very boring cause I'm delightful. So yeah, no, I literally, you know. I'll, I have like my family chat and then I'm like texting with my sister about what my brother's going to stand in or like we're planning me and my sister will plan something. They'll be like, this is how we're going to reach out to my brother in, to talk about this. And it's just like, it's very funny with three, with three siblings. So I was just, I can imagine the dynamics of four, oh, but yeah. um, exactly like, what we're talking about here. There's definitely a dynamic. Like there's definitely, I'm sure we all have like our, our text message thread with each respective sibling as well. So there's, there's a lot to keep track of, but it works. It works there that I, I don't know which one would come on a Top Chef pod or a Top Chef episode with me though? Like what menu would I, would I have to build? That could be, that could get kind of tricky. I don't know if I'd know, I'd be like Evelyn. I don't think I'd recognize my like specific family member based on their menu, to be fully honest. I feel like I would do, I would do my my brother, just because like my, my brother's the one who will eat anything. My mom won't eat red meat. My dad won't eat fish. So it's like, fuck it. I got I got to go with the option. that's like the garbage can, you know, <laughs> my sister doesn't like seafood. So I feel like if there was no seafood on there, I could tell. But then there are other people that I, I honestly I don't know if if I didn't get to pick. I don't know if I know who whose menu it is like like just based on like a basic menu of like what what they seemed to get like I don't know how Damar knew it was his mentor right away with his menu I'm like oh my god that was wild I love Sarah's stories though about how <laughs> her, her sister 
Her sister goes to her restaurant, says she has a mushroom allergy, and points out to everyone that the mushroom allergy she pointed out on the menu is not real, and that her sister would ask the people at her restaurant if his her sister is sneaking mushrooms into her food. I'm so happy Sarah is back because her confessionals on Last Chance Kitchen are great, but I'm happy it's now back into the main show. Agreed. What if what if she had like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation where like she puts like pepper in someone's food or mushrooms in the food and they she's like I got you and like it wasn't her sister and like she winds up like poisoning someone. Um, but yes, I totally agree, Gia. Like the the snarky kind of like self-effacing commentary, it was much needed and much much like much loved in the show and it's like I think also people have gotten so deep that they're a little self-serious at this point where like she's just kind of like I'm the quick fire person I'm barely I've barely been on the show blah 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 blah. and she's like very lighthearted about everything I do really and she's it's very Stephanie uh Stephanie Simar vibes from All Stars and I love that I'm enjoying it very much god I miss Stephanie um but yes Sarah is filling that filling the gap very nicely is underrated the top shot confessionalist i feel like like mm-hmm. that it takes a certain art form to be really funny on top chef um well here, here's what i want to to post to the group do you cater to your family's wants completely like how sarah was saying that her sister really wanted a very specific dish that sarah's i think mom makes or do you just sort of try and go with one style? Like, I think Nick's mom wrote that she likes Chinese food and she likes this and she likes that. And like, do you try and roll it all up into one dish? Or are you are you doing the dish you know your sibling really wants? Like, what is the strategy in this challenge? Are you just trying to please Tom and Padma? I love my family, right? Like, mark <laughs> this down this time. Gia loves my family very much. Fuck what my family wants for this challenge. They are not judging in any way. They didn't even get comment cards or anything like, and I get it because like they're, they're judging like their love, like the loved one is making a dish based on their preferences and everything. But like, absolutely not. I am going to pretend that my family loves five-star dining experiences more than anything else in the world. And literally like, fuck their preferences. They have no say in this challenge. And if I win Top Chef, they're going to, like, their lives are going to be better. So they better zip it if it's like, oh, this isn't actually what I wanted, but whatever. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I was going to say, I love you, family, but I'm sorry. I'm not trying to cater to you. I want this to look restaurant ready. And I don't care if you don't like mushrooms. If you're allergic, you're going to die today because I know Tom likes mushrooms. So sorry. Oh, yeah. Like my, my brother has, one of my brothers has that mutation that makes cilantro taste like soap so if I if it was him and I knew he didn't like cilantro like he better shut his mouth if there's cilantro in that in that dish like absolutely not you bet like you eat that like it's the greatest meal of cilantro that you have ever had in your life like there is money on the line 100% my girlfriend is allergic to gluten she's gluten-free I would make pasta and I would just tell her, like, eat that shit and like, just uh, it, it, we'll we'll spend the money on the doctor after um, you'll totally be fine. I think it's all about just making something like 
people get too cute with these challenges like and like it's pro- it's kind of the problem with the show is that like you can just hack it to be like i'm cooking specifically for these three to four people and that is the only people you should care about and even the one episodes where there's like common cards and it's like whatever it's like still it's like okay maybe i don't get first place but if i cook for these three to four people i'm getting second place and that's all i need to do to get through so you got to be strategic in the way that you're cooking i mean i feel like i would be happy to not make my family members stay like fuck my brother what has my brother ever done for me he's done a lot but uh, you know not he's not gonna give me twenty five thousand. dollars actually i love him and he's really helped me through a hard time he's he's a fine brother you know he he facetimed me to show me the dog yesterday so i guess he's all right well let's review shall we what everybody has made for this meal uh nick has made a seafood herb pasta with crab velouté and a smoked pork crumble now the reviews of this were like is it a is it a pasta salad what's with the pork and i i have to agree i don't i don't like the vibe of this dish mostly because i can't imagine eating seafood and being like you know what really would really make this pork i i just i'm not a bacon on everything kind of person it just and maybe maybe it's the jewish in me but i'm just like you know what, you can keep your pork for another dish i, I i'm gonna stick with just the seafood but i also guys I I hate to admit this now, 11 episodes in, but I don't really like pasta that much. And I I like pasta when it's- The actual F. I like- I just like this canceled. Here's here's the thing. I like it when it's like stuffed, like, you know- Hi, I'm Robbie Freeman and I'm the new host. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen- Bolognese or like a ravioli. I I like pasta when it has other elements to it. Pasta plus mayonnaise, like pasta salad, is my nightmare. It's so gross to me. Disgusting. Okay, I also don't like pasta salad, so I feel that. Mm-mm. But I can't get behind this general pasta slander. I know, you edit the episodes, Naomi. You do the notes. It's okay. I'll, I'll be read to death for this. It's fine. No, you do a lot of work, so I feel like <laughs> it'd be very rude to kick you out. But this, this was... This was the game. I need to like lay down after this. This was this was yeah. a lot. Nicole Nicole is quaking in Italian. <laughs> no, literally, like my grandmother is like doing like jumping jacks in her grape right now. Like she can't believe this. It's pasta. Don't you love Italy? Places my people. Yes. I mean, yes. I was I was kind of with you on the like I'm with you on the on the pasta salad of it all like mm. there's a very specific time and place for pasta salad um and like I'm if I'm eating that seafood great but like it, it felt a little just like too much and too random so I'm with you Naomi on the on the on the on the specific dish on your terrible terrible pasta take I am not with you on that it's it, like I, I'm not one of those people where I'm like how could people eat uh like I like I fucking hate olives, right? I really don't like olives. Pasta, I understand why people like it. I just only eat a very certain like style and type and like I'm not like, you know, a psychopath who's like, oh, I don't like this food and therefore every kind of food of it is bad and you're all fucking weirdos for eating it. And, you know, I what is what are you gonna do? Anyways, <laughs> this dick this dish is disgusting to me. This 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 <laughs> what Nick has made and I and I His mom I, understood the assignment of like shutting up and just being proud. Yes. I refuse to accept this idea that Nick made a bad dish. So I rebuke what the judges say personally. That is how I decide to live my life. And I am happy with that. I think Nick, what Nick made was fabulous. And 
I, you know what? Give me more crab and pork. I, I refuse to accept a world where Nick was at the bottom of this episode. And I thought he was actually going to do well because they spent so much time focusing on him. Color me disappointed in this because this was very sad, but we still stand Nick. So Mr. Baker is going to be. I'll be first online to buy that 26 spice mix. hundred percent. Um, I already said it. Um, if you're, if you're a family member here, I love, I, gee, you're totally right that his mom, Oh no, Nicole said it. You totally right. That his mom sold the shit out of it. Um, would you want your, 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 your significant other, whatever being like, Oh my God, I think I just got a fish bone in, in my snapper or like, like <laughs> do you want them trashing everyone? Like, it's like, Oh, <laughs> just like, like, I, Ooh, like, this would you, would like you really... go, ask them to go that far? I tell my brother, like he put a hair in that food, like found a hair in Buddha's dish. <laughs> that bite was really salty. Did anybody else get a really salty bite? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. God. This pasta's undercooked. It's crazy. I did really like, um, you can kind of see it in this episode when like the, when the judges walk in, like Buddha's wife works in the food industry, works in the restaurant industry. And I could, she's kind of like, oh my God, it's so nice to meet all of you. Like she was very much like using this as a networking opportunity, which I don't blame her for. If you're in the presence of Tom Colicchio, you network the shit out of that. But like, it was very funny to me to you know, everyone else. Is like, wins, like she could be on Summer House in no time. Like <laughs> anything could happen. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, I thought it was very funny. She's like networking opportunity present to me. Um, now Evelyn has made crispy red snapper with sweet vinegar, sticky coconut rice and pickled chilies. I mean, crispy fish please I, like anything else in my life i literally saw this dish and thought i'm gonna google crispy fish in new york city just to find some it's so delicious looking this is not something i would ever order but like i'm looking at this picture right now and i'm just like i need to shit out of this and it looks delicious and i'm sure it's great and i'm sure she like made perfect like coconut rice and like i'm sure it was like the perfect balance of like crispy to cool and i'm just like like Evelyn's a really great chef, and like I think she's got to be one of the front runners to win this season. Um, this dish looks fabulous, and I'm sure it was absolutely delicious. Oh, the pickled chilies! Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah! Now I'm just like staring at this dish. I'm in love with it. Evelyn is slaying this competition. I feel like we're no one's sleeping on her because clearly she's doing well. She came to slay in the quick fire, but damn, this looks so good. And Naomi, if you want to get crispy fish with me. I'm free any day of the week. So Nicole's Nicole's reaction to that, like I could, like Nicole just came back from uh, from some some day drinking, and like you could just tell, like her reaction to the food is just incredible. I, I haven't watched it in, in a while. In in Top Chef Colorado, did they do like a stoner challenge where they just like brought people in and were like crazy high and like they were like this is be incredible because like I think that would be the ultimate challenge because I'm watching Nicole react to the picture and I'm just like just get a bunch of like 22 year old like drunk people and be like oh my god I'm gonna eat all of this pasta it's gonna be incredible that uh I did not I was very upset about that the 420 they, challenge yeah they weren't ready for that type of hype and yeah in top whatever your top chef Colorado was in it was it like were, either a meal for stoners or like an edible food would be yeah. absolutely incredible and just have Tom and Padma and all them just like that'll out be, of their gourds <laughs> that'll be a future challenge which Jay will be guest host of, yes guest will be <laughs> that is yeah that is our in I think that's a perfect plan 
By the way, speaking so of guest decided. judges, I forgot to mention, and let us mention, two of my faves. We have Adrian, uh, also from mm-hmm. Top Chef Colorado, uh, and we have Sheldon, one of my favorite Top Chef contestants. I love Sheldon so much. Um, and Sheldon and Adrian both look damn good this episode. Adrian clearly said, Pamela, can I borrow your glam squad? She looks very, very pretty. I, I was blown away by like, wow, everyone looks very put together in like what is probably like very sweaty and very humid temperatures. I was very excited. I forgot Sheldon was a two-time fan favorite winner, but it's obvious why he's a fan favorite winner for two times in a row. And I, I love that for him. And it was great to see both of them again. I feel like Adrian does not get the praise she deserves for everything she did on her season of Top Chef, but I was so happy to see her again. Yeah, they buried the lead on her being from Top Chef Colorado. I was like, oh, food blogger, that's fun. But no, it turns out it's like Adrian from the whole show. Like, give her her yeah. flowers. And they just had the winner of her season like two episodes ago. So yes, let's let's hype them up a little bit more. Come on. <laughs> um, okay, back back to business. Back to Buddha's dish. Uh, pasta, how many times, I should have started counting how many times he said pasta amatriciana because he said it so many fucking times this episode. Marry me pasta. I like, okay, the story was cute once. It, it looks delicious. It's it, it's a very delicious looking pasta. Don't get me wrong, but like, I get it. You love your wife, Buddha. It's fine. <laughs> like, I, no, you are a hater. That's just as simple as it is. I didn't realize yeah. I was with, with talking to an anti Buddha person because that's disgusting. Not anti Buddha. Um, I'm just anti love. This pasta looked amazing. Also, I don't want to hear from anti J people about our <laughs> absolutely not. Anti J people don't have a leg to stand on when standing Buddha. Um, I do think that this dish really was smart in terms of like a family style dish because for a family style dish, like a pasta in a like sauce, like it's going to be like, everyone's going to serve themselves the same exact dish. Whereas like where I forgot who had the problem with like the sauce because she plated it incorrectly. Yeah, Sarah. If there's too many things, like it's just going to get lost, but like you can't mess up pasta. It's just impossible. I was just so shook that they were so impressed by this like one pasta dish that looks like something I could have made in my dorm room. But I mean, good for Buddha. Like, I mean, pasta is definitely a struggle meal and this looks amazing. But when he said he was going to go simple, I was like, damn, I don't know if that's a good idea, but I guess the flavors, uh, uh, I guess they spoke for themselves. I mean, when, I they make, about, when you yeah. make a simple dish like this, and you win. Like, I can only imagine how good a bowl of pasta this is. Like, it must be insanely good. Yeah. And from like Tom Colicchio said this was the winning dish. So like, damn, like, that's kind of crazy. Like, you must be like, and Buddha is definitely not Italian. So I think this is a very good dish. It looks amazing. And now they're talking about how Buddha was able to do a rustic dish. So good for him. But like, I get it. It's good pasta. And I, I actually didn't think he was going to win. I thought they were leaning more towards Damar, but I'm, I'm not uh, opposed to a Buddha win again. Like this, this makes sense. Up next, Ashley has made her paella inspired heirloom rice with red shrimp and calamari. And uh, the calamari is undercooked. Poor Ashley. Uh I don't know. Are you guys, are you a calamari person, Robbie? Like, is that, 
I like a fried calamari. I don't mind it with a little uh, red sauce, but uh, grilled. It's usually too chewy, even like in a kind of a like a even in like a, a hot pot kind of thing. It's just not. It's just not the best. Um, it's hilarious how like how clearly bad this was. <laughs> like when she when like I love when they like telegraph it. And she's like she's like in her thing. She's like I know from experience that you should never overcook calamari and i'm just like oh she is definitely gonna cook this calamari wrong and then for to have her undercook it is just like it's just hilarious in my mind and like like they like they could not like padma what she spit it out like she was like she was like offended that she was served this dish and like if that is happening there's no coming back from that in my mind no if padma spits out your dish you might as well just like jump off the bridge into the galveston gulf of mexico like there's no coming back from that yeah, you gotta self evict after that like i can't imagine that must have been fun to watch back for ashley and as someone and i i love calamari when she said calamari rings i was expecting some fried pieces of octopus like you see in any italian restaurant you could ever go to but i guess this is her interpretation um it seems like they also had an issue with the fact that like it's rice, but not paella, but she had the audacity to refer to it as paella. Yeah. Lots of uh, missteps in this. Um, there's so much branding. Yeah. In top, there's so much branding in Top Chef where it's like, if you like say the wrong thing, it's almost mm-hmm. as bad as making the wrong thing. Like if you're like, this is a risotto and like you just made rice and they're like, this is not risotto. How dare you like tell me that this is risotto. And I think yeah. that's what happened with the paella. I don't understand why she didn't just take the calamari out and just like make it be like, I made paella with shrimp and like maybe have a fighting chance. Like she had to know it was bad and she had another protein. I'm just like, I was just very confused. She didn't know. She was talking about how she had just taken it out and might've given her a leg up. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I think she was, she was probably going home anyway, but if she was in the bottom, because she definitely wasn't going to be in the top with what she made. So I feel like they would have kept her over Sarah. And I just don't think Nick messed up enough to go home this episode. But, oh, I feel like I, I felt for Ashley here. I really wanted her to get get a win in. And I'm really sad that she wasn't able to, but... I enjoyed her. I really enjoy Ashley and I'm really happy that we got to see her through this season and that she was able to give her backstory as well. So this was not, this was not her day, but I still really like Ashley as a, as a contestant. And I hope to see more from her in the future. I'm kind of glad she lost here or like, like, cause I, I think that like Ashley and Sarah are just a tier below the other chefs at this point. And I think it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, and like, it's upsetting when like you like when like if it were like Buddha, let's say a Buddha versus Nick for elimination and you have like Ashley standing there being like I made a decent dish and you're just like you're never gonna win like this is this is offensive um I, I like when the, these episodes just kind of like cut the chaff and like I think that's where we are in the in the series of the episodes right now it's like mm. we're kind of like making our, our final push towards the finals like we know it's probably going to be like Evelyn Buddha Nick maybe Damar, I, I would probably say those three are probably our final three, but like, it's just kind of like, eh, let's get rid of these extras right now and get to the, like the real cooking. Yeah. Like as much as I, cause like, gee, I totally agree with you. I love Ashley. I really like her as a contestant. Mm-hmm. She's been in the bottom so many times and it, it's kind of like an inevitability. It's just one of those things where, yeah, if you're, if you're looking at like who is really consistently succeeding versus who is not consistent. I mean, Buddha, Buddha has, uh, 
two elimination wins in a row, which I think is pretty impressive. And you you know just looking at the way Buddha cooks that like his fucking final meal, if he gets to make one, is gonna be like insane. It's gonna be like what Marcel wished he could have done with like foam and gas and frozen items and all that shit. That's the foam. I just got PTSD from that foam from the foam comment. That meal is gonna be so pretentious. It's gonna be like everything short of calling me stupid. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm okay with it. It's gonna look like a piece of steak, but it's actually gonna be like a vegetable puree, and it's gonna, but it's gonna taste like seafood, and it's gonna be incredible. Um, like Buddha's a magician. It's gonna be fabulous, and like that is what I want to see. Um, I don't need to see like what, like what if Luke was still in the in the competition right now, and you were like, okay, Luke's still around, like he's fine, but like he, like he was struggling with salting. Like, like I feel like Ashley's been struggling with like similar level of problems where like. Evelyn, Buddha, Nick, Damar are just not struggling with these same things that they're struggling with at this point. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's that time where it's like, you want it to be as like cutthroat as possible, but also you want people to be doing as well as possible so that like, it really comes down to the tiny details. Don't call it a comeback, but Damar's doing okay this episode. Thank God. Uh, Damar makes herb, God. herb bread crusted redfish with little neck clams, white beans, induya and pine nuts. Get, get this wedge of lemon out of my dish tomorrow. Obviously, it's family style, but like <laughs> make this wedge tinier or, you know, give me the spray of lemon already. I don't I don't need to dip my hand into the, <laughs> the depths of the food that I've already gotten. Squeeze lemon. Anyways, I'm just a lemon wedge hater at this point. You can cancel me for it. Um, no, I also am a lemon wedge hater. So solidarity. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, leave it on the this. seafood tower. <laughs> Yeah, the seeds in the lemon, like, can't we just like GMO those out? Like we are, it's 2022. There's no, there's no need for lemon seeds in 2022. Well, Nicole, the trick is to go to a fancy enough restaurant where they have that little, little sack, that, the little sack that goes down the lemon. I was like, I don't even know what those are called, but it's like, it's an amazing invention. I mean, we got rid of seeds in, in watermelon. Why can't we get rid of them in lemons? Jordan, Jordan, Jordan is freaking out right now. Ah, Jordan Kaylor is throwing up. He and doesn't crying. know it, but he just got a chill. Wonder, <laughs> like somewhere, someone's talking about no seeds. Oh my god! He's um, on bagels. Get rid of them everywhere else. Did you guys see everything everywhere all at once for a total no. tangent? No, I there I is. Did. There is a legitimately huge pot, plot line about an everything bagel and everything seeds. It is. It is Jordan Kalish's wet dream. Actually, I should text him. I'll text him right now and tell him he should go watch that movie. Yeah, um, and there's also a big plot point about eating chapstick. It's the most RHAP thing ever. Um, I just, I like, I was like, someone in the writer's room here is like an RHAP fan, but I digress. Um, God, Nicole, what do you think about Damar's dish? Damar's back, baby. I love whatever that little crust is. I'm a lemon head. I guess I'm a, like I'm a many things type of head. Shrimp head, lemon head. I would, as much as I don't like to be as hands-on, I think the lemon on the dish would have really, I don't know, it just sounds like it would have been so good. Just really adding that acidity on top of something that really needed it. Ooh, and the red crusted fish. Everything about this dish looks amazing. I love when Damar has his little way with a clam. It always ends up looking delicious. And this is another Damar meal I would eat. Love Damar. Everything. He's like Nick. Everything he makes is great. And he's like Evelyn. Everything he makes is great. And I accept no other criticisms. I rejected his, 
I rejected his unlawful bottom placement last week. So I am happy to see him back in his rightful place right now. Is anyone else really worried when he's like, when he's like, my rice isn't cooking and like, I almost had a heart attack. I was like- I knew he wasn't going home that episode, but I was very upset because he like, this man has put me through a heart heart attack several times because nothing ever goes correctly originally. And then he bounces back. But it was like very late. It was like, it was like last second. He's like, my rice isn't cooking. And I'm like, no. Can we talk about the most emotional moment of the episode where uh, Damar's chef sesh mentor slides him a letter from his mother. And like, I am not a TV crier. I was, I was choking up a little. That was emotional AF. The whole thing about his like mom and his, uh, I guess his grandmother not being able to travel and him knowing this. And you can see that he was worked up about it. And then him getting that letter was just like, I swear to God, if you eliminate this man right now, like you have no goddamn heart. Like, <laughs> like this is just, would be just wrong. So I was very, very grateful for that moment. I thought it was like, it, like I don't love family visits in any show, but I, I that made this one kind of worthwhile in my mind. Absolutely. So cute. It, it, Damar is like, He's such a he's such an even tempered kind of guy. I think they even make a yeah. joke about like, did you cry this episode? He's like, no, no, no I shed a tear last week. Like, <laughs> he's he's just so calm, but he's such a sweet. I like seeing how supportive everybody's families are. We, you know, sometimes we get the edit where someone's like, my family didn't really believe in me, but like, everybody's got a family member who believes in them. This episode, and it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Nick's mom being like, I haven't gotten on a plane in so long. Oh, she was <laughs> adorable. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Was this the episode with the bread maker where everyone was calling him the bread maker? No, that was last episode. That was last episode. But... I think I watched them like back to back and it's like all plenty <laughs> together. So I apologize. I wonder if he gets to tell his mom at that point, like he's won so much. He's won all of the quick fires where you get money. Because that would be such a nice thing to tell her while she flew all the way over here. But I'm glad they're celebrating. Of course. Very cute. Um, and finally, up last, we have Sarah, who made a tuna tataki with crispy ramen noodles and peanut dressing. Um, I'll also say it, I hate peanut sauce. I love peanut butter so goddamn much, and I hate peanut sauce. But I love tuna. This is interesting. Um, it, it looks tasty, but there are a lot of complaints from the judges about it, whether it's the way that she cut the tuna or the fact that they just don't get the sauce with the tuna. Robbie, what do you think of Sarah? I spent my summers in Jamaica with my sister. <laughs> incredible, incredible backstory. <laughs> like, just like, like, um, amazing. Um, she really messed up this dish. Like even looking at the picture, you can just like see it's cooked wrong. Like, um, and like usually I feel like they reproduce it in a way that's like uh, true to what happened. Like a tuna tartare is like, if, if we've all had it where it's like very seared on the outside and it's like basically not cooked on the inside. And like Tom like literally runs her through it. She's like, you did all this wrong. You, you know how you cut it this way? You're not supposed to cut it this way. And like, basically like they were like, you really messed up, but someone made such a big mistake that like, we can't even eliminate you for this. Um, in theory, I, I like the idea of this dish, um, but it didn't have a sauce on it. Like it, it's it, like, it it speaks to how bad Ashley's dish, dish was that Sarah did not go home for like all the mistakes she made on this dish. 
God, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, that's <laughs> harsh, but it's true. I think you just gave Sarah too much time. The more she had to overthink it, she exactly. in fact overthink it. Like, this could have been so great if just a few things were different. And I'm glad Sarah made it through the next week. We can see her um, a little bit confident that she's back in. She made it through the first challenge. But, like, I would be feeling a little shaky after after this moment. Yeah, definitely. I feel bad. Honestly, I don't know the right way to cut tuna. So I, right. how dare you? I know, I know. Cancel me if you want, but like, I only like tuna on a sushi roll. Like I do not like cooked tuna. So, you know, that, that is my truth. I'm glad we are all getting it out there. You should, but, you should try a tuna tartare. It's basically raw sushi. I like tuna tartare. I like raw tuna, but cooked tuna, I just, I hate the smell. I don't like it. I I can't get. I can't. I can't support tuna as a cooked food. What about like, tuna melts? No. Oh my god. Absolutely not. <laughs> like I, I saw you gag. Like, yeah, you I'm like gagging. It. Yeah. <laughs> Just like flashbacks to my parents trying to get me to be into different foods, and tuna did not make the cut. It was disgusting. I hate tuna. Hate it. Hate <laughs> it. The only thing I hate more than tuna is ketchup, which is probably like the bigger. Wow. Oh, no. oh, that's, no. I, you're so talking my, to someone I, who lived I, on I ketchup sandwiches in college. So. item I hate more than ketchup. And the fact that it is so normalized in our society. <laughs> How did me. you, you had to talk Great. to Maddie G about this because Rob, I look, I didn't eat ketchup sandwiches, Robbie. I'm sorry. That's, that's your problem. But I did, my parents <laughs> did unironically buy me the I put ketchup on my ketchup t-shirt from Kohl's. You know what I mean? Like, Hi, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, where are you on the ketchup spectrum? I'm a, I love ketchup. When I say I'm a ketchup head, I'm more of a mustard head than a ketchup head, but I love, <sighs> love ketchup. How, what else are you going to put on my hot dog? I, I am disgusted by mustard. It is a sub. It is a terrible, what? terrible condiment. No, no, um, no. It is literally a chemical. It could kill people. I never heard of any ketchup gas. <laughs> <laughs> if we titled episodes, this would be called ketchup gas. I live. <laughs> I live for danger, so I am all for. I am all for the mustard. Oh, I love mustard. Mustard's great. Dijon mustard. Oh, oh some poupon. The gray poupon. Yes. I can only do take a little bit of a soft pretzel that I get at a bar, whatever, dip it in a little bit of the mustard and then eat that. And that is 27 years in the making. Like I have, it took me a very long time to enjoy mustard. And even still, I, I'm only eating mustard like blackout drunk. Like one time I went to like Ben's Chili Bowl. <laughs> And I ordered us uh, like a chili chili dog with fries, and I was like halfway eating it. And I was like, "Oh, there's mustard on this," but I'm like, "I'm really drunk, so whatever." But like otherwise, I will just like send it back. No, thank you. I don't like when you go to fast food in the South or the Midwest, and like you have to ask for no mustard. Like a crazy person. Like why are they putting mustard on hamburgers? Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's some bullshit. So moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, Sarah, Nick, and Ashley are on the bottom, and Damar, Evelyn, and Buddha are on the top. I wasn't really surprised by this, although I was surprised by how much they read Sarah for filth, and then Ashley still goes home. Gia, were you expecting Sarah to have like an untimely exit after just clawing her way back in? No, I think I think it was Ashley's time to go, unfortunately, and I think her her mistake was just 
a far bigger mistake than the smaller things that Sarah did wrong. And I, I think they're still willing to give Sarah another chance to get her more acclimated to the competition. And I think Ash, Ashley's had her chances. And while I really enjoy her, this was this felt like a, a good place for her to go. And she made the biggest mistake of the episode. I just don't really think anyone else had anything even close in comparison to the raw squids. So I, it was just kind of like multiple things building up for Ashley, unfortunately. So I, I, I did not fall for any of the tricks, but I feel like they were almost angry about the fact that like Sarah did not do as well in her return as like maybe they were hoping for I don't know but I obviously don't know anything about like how tuna is like supposed to be cut properly so and we only see so much of the judges deliberation but it almost feels like even with Ashley's raw squid that they like kind of wanted Sarah to go here because they just didn't like so many little things about her dish I don't know yeah they need to let um Sarah win the war even though Ashley won the battle in the last chance kitchen but it was close I feel like yeah Nick just had his dish was a little random so what's so bad about that he used his 26 spices I'm sure that it tasted delicious even though it was confusing I mean yeah the Sarah versus Ashley that's like a battle for the ages um looks like Sarah won but she's really gonna have to step her you know what up next week if she wants to see the end game it's offensive that Nick was even in the bottom three. Like they should have been like, and our two least favorite dishes were X and they should have been like, Nick, you came in fourth place. Um, like, like it was like, he did like to be on that level. It was almost like insulting. Like his dish was better than, than those other two. I, I think like this would have been really harsh and not how the show works, but if they were just like, uh, both your dishes sucked. So we're going to cut both of you right now. And we're just going to skip an episode. Um, they would never do that because they sometimes have problems eliminating people um, because everything's so good. But it, it, like, I, it, it's hard. Like we were talking about this earlier, but it's like, it's hard to imagine how bad and undercooked that octopus was. If like, they were like, they were reading they were reading uh sarah so hard being like this is not good and then like she didn't get eliminated so like it it, it must have been just so cut and dry how how like ashley was going home like so cut and dry uh ashley is inevitable you know um and (laughs) where my where my marble heads at um i thought that buddha winning was a surprise. I preferred the look and taste pat like palette, you know, the way it sounded of Evelyn's dish, but you know, Buddha gets two tickets to anywhere in the world and, and a little Verbo home. Uh um well actually it's he wins ten thousand dollars to say at any Verbo property. Um so he can go on a vacation. I believe it's VRBO, life. um just to if we're gonna uh ad placement correctly. No, <laughs> I don't actually. Well, know. thanks for Which copy one is correcting it? me. I don't. I don't Which one is it? Is it VRBO or Verbo? I like literally don't know. I don't know either, and I'm a hotel bitch for life, so I'm, I'm not saying in any of them. <laughs> um, I want to talk about. We kind of skipped over it. The the hurricane at judges panel. This is very I very funny. Forgot I forgot about that. Nicole, did you when, when Tom Cook, it was a little hat goes flying? What did you think? <laughs> I was like, damn, this episode is so goofy. Like, first they go, uh, they did something else kind of goofy earlier, but I'm like, damn, they got to move this inside. Like, I don't know why they didn't have a Bravo intern checking the weather app, but 
that's their that's their fault it was so janky inside it was like they had this whole full setup and then they like they go to this janky indoor like like uh please sit on the couch five inches behind the other people uh while we eliminate someone it was just delightful how like janky that whole setup was inside I thought it was so funny that they're like, all right, we're moving inside. And then like the shot, w- like there was like a suitcase on the side. And then they're like, can you move those tables around here? Like it was very much like, uh, you know, seeing how the sausage gets made. Who left their suitcase at the Verbo? Like, are they actually staying there? What's going on here? I love that we saw ba- like the setup, like the entire change to the setup and everyone just kind of navigating getting into a new area. I I'm obsessed with it. That that segment was camp. It was great. I Especially, want I want more of that. Do we think they were actually staying in the verbo? Like do we think that like like, uh, like oh, yeah. the six individuals were were staying there? That'd be rude though if they had to like clean up the mess they made. Like they, you know, they they d- destroy the kitchen basically and then they're like, "Okay, here you go. Enjoy. By the way, you just got eliminated. Ashley, you can't stay in the Verbo. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go out of here. Ashley, also, yeah. Ashley's mom or whoever it was is like, sorry, you also need to leave the Verbo. Yeah, you can't stay. Meanwhile, like Tom, maybe Tom, Pat, maybe it's just for Tom, Padma, and Gail, right? They just get to hang out in the Verbo. Everyone else has to go. They, it's their it's their party. Um, I really like that uh, what they did is like the hurricane was happening. Everybody's like trying to fix their hair and stay normal. And then they're like, okay, we got to go inside. And then it cuts to like the judges table graphic. And they're like, the editors were really- Oh, uh, they did it again. They did it twice that episode. Oh, that was- Having great. quite the fun. Although the funniest part is like the bottoms having to sit on the couch and just sort of sit there like with their arms folded, like sunken into All the- All pouty. Light. It was very like middle school party. It was very yeah. like uh, the cool kids are going to play spin the bottle in the middle and like uh, tier two people need to like watch from the, the cheap seats. <laughs> <laughs> watching spin the bottle from the cheap seats yeah. um no last Story chance life. anymore <laughs> uh no last chance kitchen anymore we're done but uh ashley's gone and next week i literally watched this whole preview and i can't remember what next week is gonna be does that what is next episode uh i can't uh it did not sound like anything fun. Um, <laughs> honestly, I remember, like, I, I watched this episode, I rewatched this episode like an hour ago. And that was the second time I saw the next time on. And I cannot tell you one thing that happens in that preview or like even who the guest judges would be. I cannot, I cannot for the life of me remember. I do have, I did take screenshots though of the fan favorite poll that was going on during the episode. So for people that watched live, this is my new favorite segment. I wish they (laughs) did fan favorite like the entire season. But for bravotv.com slash fan favorite, they narrow, what they do is they start with the, I think it was 15 contestants. Now they are at the top eight vote getters. And they got a chance to vote. So the top eight vote getters, and now that's the only people you can vote for. I just voted. It was Buddha, Damar, Evelyn, Jackson, Jay, Nick, Sam. Remember Sam, potato guy? And Sam. Yes. And Sarah. That is the top eight vote getters for the top for uh, the fan favorite. But that's not the order. So mm. they in the middle of the episode, they post what the current rankings are. So in the lead with number one 
Evelyn, queen, of course. She deserves all the votes. She deserves all the good things. Number two, Damar. Fabulous, obviously, like stunning, great choice. And rounding out the top three is Nick. Of course, also fabulous choice, obsessed, love this top three, green team supremacy, I stand. <laughs> Justice for Jackson, but I, I respect that top three. That's a great top Jack- three. So like this has happens during the episode and I think you can vote like you can I voted just now so you can like still vote for people but at the time they posted this on the commercial Jackson was in six and then next week they will do whoever the top four is and Buddha is fourth so if the the standings from the commercial stay the same we'll probably get an Evelyn Damar Nick Buddha final four. Can you win top chef and fan favorite? Yep, it's happened a couple times. Gotcha. Um, so I Googled what the next time on is and it just got me mad. So I was like, oh, this is why we don't remember it. They're going fishing and they have to oh, like create fish dishes. Uh, I'm like, what they catch, right? That's terrible. Uh, yeah, everybody exactly. Oh, poor Jay. She would have killed it. Although Damar's very fun. I remember Damar being like, I've never been on a boat before. I was like, that's really fun. That's really cute. We love Damar going. Damar should be on uh, Below Deck next season. We we stand anyone who has to wear a life vest when they go on a boat. You remember you the boat party episode? You should wear a life vest when you're going on a boat. You're right. Actually, you're right. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just thinking of, like, the challenge when you, like, you have a random thing and, like, and like Nelson is like wearing a life vest and everyone else is just like swimming normally. <laughs> like I just, I, that's what I always think of. Honestly, relatable. I hate oh, Nelson. Well, here we are at the end of this episode. Robbie, thank you for being here. Tell us all about your podcasting adventures and what you have going on. Sure. So every week I talk about uh, pop culture, all the newest movies, television shows that came out. Um, It's called the podcast is called Kickball Friends. I host it with my uh, kickball friend, Jesse Skolnick. Uh, Check us out. We're available wherever your podcasts are sold. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Robbie underscore Freeman. Join join the great 250 people that follow me. You're all everyone else is missing out. Nicole, what's up with you? Chilling. Now that I'm done with school, I'll probably have a lot more time to tweet all of my dumb thoughts at Behind the Secret, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere to find me. So check me out. And Miss Gia, two new episodes today. Oh my God. What's going I'm so on? Tired. Um, I'm tired. That's what's going on. But yes, so you can follow me with all of my Survivor shenanigans and other reality TV shows on my Twitter at Classically Gia. As always, I recommend people follow the Survivor Diversity Campaign. Super important. We just got Survivor 43's cast leaked. So great time to be following the Twitter page at Surf Diversity. That's S-U-R-V Diversity. Um, What else? Oh, yeah. Hashtag no more Canadians. What was that? Hashtag no more Canadians. I have a feeling a Canadian person won again and they're giving the Americans a break because clearly we can't play with Canadians anymore. They can't <laughs> well, but Jeff Probst is like, let's get rid of them. I know. I really, uh, I, I have no proof for any of this, but like, that's my hunch is that we're getting another Canadian winner, which I love the two Canadian players that are left. So Actually, I loved all three that we just lost one, but I'm I'm not upset if that is the truth. But 
Yes. So, and then I do have the Survivor 42 coverage on I, on Silent Podcast. I don't know about that. We had an amazing episode covering Do or Die over two hours, just nonsense and some math question mark in between there. Not from me, from other people. I brought in experts. So great time. Great time. I recommend you give a listen. And there, I feel like there's something else. Oh yeah, I did the Abbott Elementary one. I'm very busy right now. And that was also very fun. So listen to that. So much going on. Uh, I did an episode of Mike White Was Robbed with Alex Brizard uh, of The Circle Season 4. So take a listen to that. Mike White Was Robbed for all your hot survivor takes that don't come from Robbie. Um, and uh, follow me on Twitter. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Anybody who does tweet at us, we have our feedback form, Quickfire Queens, uh, tinyurl.com slash quickfirefeedback to let us know what you thought of the episode. Robbie, thanks for being here. Great Thank you such, so much for having me here. This was so much fun. We have some amazing guests as well in the future, so stay tuned. We're, we're nothing but fucking hits, baby, at the end of this season. Stay tuned for episode 12 coming next week. Thank you for listening and bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.